0: Episode of The Mandalorian has arrived along with Disney Plus in the US, Canada, and the Netherlands only. Sonic was fixed in the new Sonic the Hedgehog trailer, and Wonder Woman 1984's plot points have been leaked. Plus, I review Lamas 66, also known as Ford vs. Ferrari, and The Mandalorian Episode 1. All this and more on today's episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. On this weekly podcast, I'll be going through the biggest and most entertaining stories from the world of entertainment and pop culture. So let's start off with what I believe to be the most interesting story of the week, and that's Sonic in the new Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. So, what happened? Well, there was a Sonic the Hedgehog trailer a couple months back, and the film was originally supposed to be released in November. And the trailer was so badly received, that the Paramount Pictures and the film's director, Jeff Fowler, decided to take some time to redesign Sonic. They went basically back to the drawing board on this one because the original Sonic in the first trailer, the original trailer, had very strange teeth. He had human teeth. He had a weird kind of humanoid body, but like with human proportions. He had strange eyes. The eyes weren't Sonic Sonic's eyes. He just looked wrong. He looked really wrong. And this is coming from somebody that's not that familiar. Well, I am familiar with Sonic, but I'm not a massive Sonic fan. And even to me, it just looked weird. So what they did was they took the character back to the drawing boards and came back with a new trailer. And in this new trailer, I have to say... It is Sonic. It's it's the original kind of design of Sonic just put into a movie, which is what I suppose people wanted, which is why they reacted so negatively to the first trailer, and actually, in a weird way, so positively to this one. The problem is, is that the the film it still looks like a very formulaic kind of it's a kids movie starring Jim Carrey as uh, doc, um, Doctor. Well, oh, I've forgotten his name now. As dr robotnik sorry <laughs> I had a memory blank then and it's it's also got james marsden in it in a kind of james marsdeny type role he's playing a um, a sheriff a, p- a police officer who finds sonic and has to help sonic and it's very much a fish out of water tale and it's kind of been done so many times before that you think mm, come on can we come up with something a bit more original it does not look original whatsoever this film which is a shame because Sonic is, uh, if, if it stayed in the Sonic's world, I'm pretty sure it would be pretty cool. It would be something that a lot of people would want to see. But because it's staying firmly in our own world and Sonic's just come here for some reason, it's not very clear why, I really don't have high hopes for this movie. But Sonic looks pretty good. Looks like the original Sonic, which is good. Anyway, moving away from Sonic and onto Batman. So Robert Pattinson's Batman suit, it's been rumored, it might, rumored that it might end up being blue and grey. So this kind of harkens back to the Adam West Batman uh, Batsuits of the past. It's, <laughs> hopefully it won't be quite as camp as that suit was. But it's kind of also the original comic books. So Matt Reeves is directing this film, The Batman, and Robert Pattinson has already spoken about how he wants his Batman to be scary. He's also mentioned, he's also spoken a bit about the Batsuits and how he thinks the design is going to be really, really cool. So it looks like they're going to try and make it um, more in line with the original costume actually from the original comics and then that was um, kind of the latex version that you saw in uh, in the Adam West Batman and kind of make that modernize it a bit. And then the other thing that happened this week in the World of Batman news is that uh, Matt Reeves confirmed that Andy Serkis is indeed playing Alfred. He did this via a tweet and uh, and it's great. It was a, a gif of Andy Serkis high-fiving a load of people on a, on a red carpet. And It's basically he's saying here comes Alfred, you know. So yes, it that is that is now official, you know. Before it was he was in talks, and now it's official. In other Batman news, so former Batman actor Christian Bale has been talking. He's of course in Mans, which I'll be uh, reviewing later, and he's been talking about his time as Batman. And because people just want to ask him about what he thinks about Robert Pattinson playing the role. And he was in an interview with Lad Bible, and they asked him to comment on how it feels to have another actor playing the iconic role of Batman. And he said, he kind of joked about it, saying that, you know, oh, that's why I'm outside protesting, you know, with my posters outside the movie theatres. And then he said, there's also the fact that I had no choice in the matter. So it's basically that he said, look, they one day they just said, you know that? You're going to have to hand it over now. You know, it's just, And then he said there's the ceremony he's joking again is that there is a ceremony you've got to hold on you know you can't hold on to it anymore and it's somebody else playing the role and that's how it feels for him you know it's of course that's like um i suppose just one day they, they turn around and say yeah you're no longer batman someone else is going to play the role and i mean one day i would like to see him come back but you know that's kind of more fan servicey than anything it's not really needed those three batman movies the christopher nolan ones are fine as they are even though i have reservations about the dark knight rises i think the dark knight and batman begins are brilliant two of the best batman films ever made and do we really need Bale to come back honestly not really so moving away from batman and on to star wars yes lucasfilm is trying to get jj abrams to return for future star wars films this is according to we got this covered so again as i say every week please take this with a pinch of salt because they're um Uh, Their sources have proven to be kind of, you know, some things hit, some things don't, but this one, it kind of, it it smacks of kind of truth because at the moment it seems as though Lucasfilm is in a bit of, (laughs) they're in trouble, let's say, because they don't really know what's going to happen with the future of these Star Wars films. Originally, they were going to have the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, and now that's not no longer going to happen. And there are rumours that the Ryan, um, Ryan Johnson trilogy has also been canned, which is really sad. You know, I, I really wanted to see those films. So yeah, it seems as though they want Abrams to kind of carry on the Star Wars. Yeah, you know, keep on, keep on. Going on with this Star Wars train because they've got nobody else. But the problem is, is that Bad robot is that they, they've just done this deal with uh, Warner Brothers, and basically it seems as though they're going. Warner Brothers are going to try and get Abrams to be in charge of the DCU, and I think that probably might be a bit more. I mean, something he'd be a bit more interested in doing. He's done, you know, he's a massive Star Wars fan, but he's done it, you know. So maybe it's time for him to do something new. Anyway, more Star Wars news is that Disney is planning to make the Star Wars franchise more like the MCU, which would actually make sense. It really does seem as though they're they're not sure what to do with this franchise in the future because you know we're coming to the end of the new the new trilogy. So, what are they going to do beyond this? One idea is to kind of serialize it like the MCU is, and it would work, I suppose. It would keep you know having two or three films. I mean, at the moment the MCU is two and or three films a year. It's actually three films a year. Whether or not that might work for Star Wars, We've, we kind of had it, and it, we had one film every year, and you know we all know what happened to the spin-off movies. So whether or not that might be the way forward, personally I don't think so. I think they should just concentrate on developing future trilogies, and uh, and going that way. Like that's just the way Star Wars has been done, and maybe moving away from the Skywalker saga would be good as well. Whether or not, I think people, first of all, I know from personal experience, a lot of people have been complaining were complaining about The Last Jedi having Marvel-type humor in it. So, does that mean they want to make it more like that? I don't know, because it's people don't really seem to react very well to it. So, there's also news that Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker had, well, Disney had to spend $20 million to in quotation marks, save the movie. So there's been a lot of speculation about this film and what's actually going on behind the scenes. So we've heard that there has been that there have been reshoots, and that's completely normal with every blockbuster ever made. Every time there's this kind of news, people take it and run with it and go a bit nuts. But so we'd been hearing that Disney had been forced to spend another 300 million to save the movie, which is ridiculous because that's literally the budget of the movie. So they're not going to spend twice the budget to save it. And also, I haven't really heard anything bad coming out of this um, out of the shoot. It seems like it went really well. And it seems like people were really happy with what Abrams had done. But then there were these rumors about there being three different cuts of the film. So I'm going to, you know, the, the, again, this, this is like hearsay. And it's out there that lots of YouTubers have been talking about this. And it's kind of infuriating because, you know, who are their sources? You don't know. They look. They literally can come up with any old rubbish and just say that oh, I have sources, you know, that have told me this. But basically, the the gist of the story is that there are three different versions of it. There's the Abrams and Kennedy version, the Kathleen Kennedy version, which apparently didn't do very well in test screenings, and mainly to do with the ending. Uh, there were reports that people were laughing out loud at the ending. You know, whether that whether whether that's true or not. To be honest, I don't think it is. But then there's an, a, supposedly another Bob Iger version of the movie, and then a third George Lucas version of the film. <sighs> I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't believe th- any of this. But what I do believe is that they've spent another twenty million on the film in reshoots, which actually is kind of it's kind of normal for a, a movie of this size to have reshoots. It happened with the first uh, The Force Awakens film. It happened with Rogue One. Yeah, everybody knows what happened with um, Solo. That film was basically, you know, they had to restart that whole movie after they got rid of Lord and Miller and brought in um, Ron Howard. So moving away from The Rise of Skywalker and onto The Mandalorian. So um, The Mandalorian, uh, it dropped this week. Well, yeah, last week on Disney Plus with the launch of Disney Plus and um I'm going to review that a bit later but one of the actors in the mandalorian is quite a famous uh kind of actor slash director called werner herzog he's german he's got a very interesting way of speaking he's um (laughs) you'll know his voice and if you've watched the mandalorian you'll know who he is in the mandalorian well he he revealed that he hasn't watched a single star wars movie and that's so he um that's before he took on the role but he, he he did he was talking in an interview with Variety, and he's talking about why he was cast. To begin with, why John Favreau cast him, and then he was also talking about why, for for him, it was actually quite a good thing that he'd never seen a Star Wars movie before. And he actually explained that it doesn't. He said, "No, it doesn't really matter. You see, it was a very lively exchange, man to man, so to speak, between John Favreau and myself. I was not tossed into the into unknown territory. I was w- very well briefed." I knew what was expected of me. I knew the interior landscape of the character and I knew the exterior landscape. You shouldn't feel upset that I haven't seen the Star Wars films. I hardly see any films I read. I see two, three, maybe four films per year. It's just, you know, I, I thought it was just quite... A f- he also went on to reveal that he watches The Kardashians, which is quite funny. I, I love the idea of Werner Herzog sitting there watching The Kardashians. That's, uh, that makes me chuckle. But it's... Um, it's something that you know. It's just, it's just a bit funny to the idea of Werner Herzog not having seen a single Star Wars film, and land in, you know, being in a Star Wars. Well, it's not a movie; it's a series, but being in a Star Wars property, and moving away from the Mandalorian. Well, actually, no, one more Mandalorian. A little bit of the news is that apparently it could become a movie in the future. So this, this again, is a bit of a weird story because it, it actually this came from um, a business manager's breakfast. Uh, in Beverly Hills and it was co-chairman co-Disney chairman Alan Horn was talking uh, about what what could happen with the future of the Mandalorian. He was asked whether Disney Plus shows could ever be turned into theatrical movies and he ended up using kind of the Mandalorian as an example. So he said the Mandalorian is already proving to be a big thing. So if that series proves to be so compelling that we, re- we reverse engineer it into a theatrical release a uh, two a two hour film or whatever okay kind of sounds a bit like he's a bit annoyed by that question for some reason but i mean at the moment what the episodes are about half an hour each give or take so the mandalorian as a series will end up being like a four hour long thing you know not, not more than that so it could very easily be be shortened into a two hour two and a half hour movie and then put out into cinemas we've already seen that done with things like the trip the trip was a series here in the UK and it was released in the US as a movie. You know, who knows? Um, there's, there's some more kind of moving in, I mean, into Dis- more Disney Plus territory. It's still Star Wars stuff. So there's a very infamous scene in Star Wars A New Hope in which Han Solo kills a guy called Greedo. Greedo um, is a bounty hunter and he was there on behalf of Jabba the Hutt trying to get uh, Han Solo to basically pay his dues. Because he knows everybody, money, he knows everyone, everything. And um, in the original release of the film, Han Solo shoots first. It's the whole thing. Han Solo shoots Greedo, Greedo dies. What ended up happening in the '90s is they ended up changing it to Greedo shooting first. But it actually ended up with some weird, like CGI stuff going on with Han Solo's head, where his head kind of like manages somehow to dodge the bullet in the most unnatural way possible. And then what they've done in with this release of The New Hope on Disney+, Plus is they've changed it to both of them shooting at the same time. And it's it's just one of these scenes that people can't stop tinkering with. People can't stop changing. And it's really, I mean, to be honest, personally, I think they should just bring back the original one because it really, to me, it does not matter that Han Solo killed first. It was, you know, not, not quite self-defense, but the guy knew what was going to happen. You know, he, he's he's been around for a while. He knows these kind of things. So he knew that Greedo was going to kill him anyway. Anyway, on to uh, more Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker news is that J.J. Abrams uh, revealed that he talks to George Lucas, and he also said that that guy loves his manda- his um, midichlorians. Uh, it's, it's something that George Lucas created when he started the prequel series, and it's something that a lot of Star Wars fans have. I mean, me personally, I find it all a bit silly, but... So this is what he actually, what um, Abrams had to say about the whole thing. He said he had a lot of things to say about the nature of the Force, the themes that he was dealing with when he was writing the movies. Yes, there were some conversations about midi chlorians. He loves his chlorians, but it was v- a very helpful thing. Sitting with him is a treat just to hear him talk because it's effing George Lucas talking about Star Wars. I always feel like it's a gift to hear from him talk about that stuff. Because the effect that had on me at 10 years old is utterly profound. So, I mean, <laughs> there's a bit of a joke in there about him liking his Midi Clorians, which is true, George Lucas does like those kind of things. But it's also interesting, because I mean, how much of this conversation with George did he really take in? Did how much um how much input did George Lucas have with this script, with The Rise of Skywalker? I'd be really interested to know. There's nothing about that in this quote i will be interested to find out. So moving away from Star Wars, finally, and onto the DCEU. So as I said before, there's a, there's been some Wonder Woman 1984 stuff. So key plot details have been leaked after a test screening. So this this test screening, I've heard lots of different things come out about it. I've heard some people say that it was brilliant. I've heard other people say it was awful. Who knows it's the internet? You can never really get the truth out of the internet. What What is interesting about it is that on on Reddit... Someone basically leaked the whole script. So I'm not going to go into details about it here because, you know, whether or not you want to read the article and find out for yourselves. Because to be honest, after having read it myself, I actually think that the, the movie's been spoiled for me because I actually think this is what's going to happen. It's actually... It sounds really wacky. <laughs> uh, whether or not uh, it stays the way it is now, Who knows? You know, it's um, if it's true that these test screenings were so diver- uh, divisive, it could it could mean that this film is going to be altered pretty drastically. The thing is, I remember when Wonder Woman came out, almost exactly the same news happened. People were saying that the test screenings had taken place and were, and people really didn't like the movie. And then Wonder Woman came out, and we all know how that turned out. It's brilliant. Wonder Woman is one of the best, if not the best, DCEU EU movie ever made it also uh, these plot leaks kind of tease but well no they don't they 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 full out spoil uh, steve trevor's return so we know that steve trevor's coming back steve trevor's played by chris pine we know that he's coming back in this movie it's not kind of understood how he's coming back it's a bit weird um he died in the first film sorry spoiler if you haven't watched wonder woman by now i mean you're a bit late but yeah, so he dies in the first movie, and then all of a sudden it's revealed that he's going to be in the second one. Uh, his return, uh, to be honest, uh, after having read it, I think that's gonna that's how it's going to happen. Again, I'm not going to go into it here because that's not fair. I don't like spoiling things in this podcast. But the article's online, and I made it very clear that there are spoilers. And if you want to read it, go ahead. It's up to you. So more DC uh, EU news, and it's time for The Suicide Squad. Yes this is actually one of my most anticipated movies in the DCU because first of all I always thought that the Suicide Squad could make a really good film. The comic books are really good fun and then secondly they've got James Gunn to write and direct it. I don't think there's anyone better for that and he actually revealed that Peter Capaldi, he of Doctor Who fame, is going to have a really big role in this movie. He actually just said a big role and he revealed this on Instagram. So I love this because I think Peter Capaldi is actually a really underrated actor. If you've ever watched In the Loop, I would re- really highly recommend you go and watch that. He wasn't the best Doctor Who ever, but again, that's not his fault. That's down to bad writing, to be honest. And actually, Doctor Who suffers from that to this day. Really terrible writing in that show. Anyway, um, apparently, so there are also. I'm going to talk a bit more about Wands a Woman. So Ones a Woman, 1984. Apparently, it could, in quotation marks, fix. The DCU of the Batman, uh, Batman vs Superman, and the Justice and Justice League. So this is actually to do with Steve Trevor's return. So the fact that Steve Trevor uh, returns in this movie, it's actually it's it's really interesting because if you uh, watch Batman vs Superman, uh, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, says the reason that she went into she left the world of men was because she lost her her one great love, which is Steve Trevor the fact that we know he's coming back in this film will probably mean that history will be completely rewritten. So if if that is the case then it would mean that Batman vs Superman and Justice League never happened. So is it a way that they can actually fix the DCU timeline? Possibly. It was just an interesting little thought that there was actually originally the I can't remember who the writer was but it was in Empire Magazine. It was posited that this could happen and I thought oh, that's quite interesting. So Aquaman 2. There's been a lot, a lot of talk about what's going to happen with Amber Heard in Aquaman 2. I'm pretty sure everyone's heard that there have been um, there have been issues, let's say, between her and Johnny Depp. So there's now a petition on change.org, and it's actually, of today, it's just gone over 40,000 uh, signatures. So that means that uh, Warner Brothers actually have quite a difficult... Uh, <laughs> It's a very difficult decision on their hands. Do they carry on with Amber Heard as Mira, or do they sack her? This is something that's happened, and it's not, I mean, not specifically this, but actors being sacked in comic book movies is is nothing new. It's happened quite a lot. I believe that they're going to have to part ways with her because it's just not good PR. It's, um... the, The allegations made against her are bad, and it's, um... It's something that, I mean, just judging by what's been going on what's been said on the site alone on, on small screen, people really aren't keen on having her back. So I think I think it's just too much and I think I think uh, Warner Brothers will end up having to part ways with Amber Heard and probably just not have Mira in the set in, in the next film at all. Which, to be honest, I mean, it would plot-wise, I don't think it would be that, that, that big a deal to be honest. Um, I, I did actually really like her in the first film. I thought I thought the chemistry between her and uh, and Aquaman was actually really good. I thought her and Jason Momoa were really good on screen together. But, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that's probably better to just part ways rather than carry on and, and get just into more, bit of a PR quagmire. Uh, and now on to Black Adam. So Black Adam is a film that it's uh, kind of been in development for ages So it's starring uh, Dwayne Johnson, or Dwayne the Rock Johnson was supposed to star as Black Adam. He revealed this a long, long time ago, probably too early, actually. People got very excited. And then there was basically nothing for ages about this film. But no, finally, Dwayne Johnson has taken to Instagram to reveal that Black Adam will be in cinemas on December 22nd, 2021, which is actually really close, considering the movie's not in production yet. But it, turned, I mean, it sounds to me as if um, they've sorted everything out. They have a few problems with the script. Just wanted to make sure that the script was really good. And basically, this film is now going to come out in 2021, near Christmas time. Which means we're going to have a nice little um, Black Adam Christmas present in 2021. Which is... Uh, it's, I mean, I, I'm really excited for this film because it's a, it's kind of unlike anything else in the DCU. really. Uh, I thought Shazam was fine, but I actually think Black Adam's got the potential to be something really, really quite good. Anyway, on to uh, Joker. And Joker's actually become the first film here in the UK to top the box office for six weeks in ten years. The last film to do that, I believe, was Avatar. And that is... yeah, it was. It was James Cameron's Avatar. And that's a ridiculous feat for a film that's literally made on a budget of 55 million dollars and as actually as of this week it's just past the uh, one billion dollar mark at the box office which is insane <laughs> this film has made so much money and uh i mean i'm 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 happy about it because it's a really good film i think and uh it shows that um that people will go and see a movie if it's not you know it is a comic book film but it's not technically kind of comic booky if that makes any sense it's not a marvel movie it's not a film in the dcu it doesn't have a massive budget it doesn't just have huge names in it i mean joaquin phoenix is a big name i spoke but but he's not you know he's not a huge hollywood star i suppose now he is but it's um it's just, it's just a nice story, really, and 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 it's and it's done ever so well, and it's uh, it's kind of gone. Nobody thought it was going to do going to do this well, and the fact that uh, executives over at Warner Brothers didn't even want this film to be made in the first place, and actually the reason they gave such a low budget, fifty five million, was because they wanted Todd Phillips to turn around and say, no, you know, I can't, I can't do it for this much. But he did it, and and they've done really well, and all things are good in uh, in Joker Land at the moment. So, moving away from the DC Comics universe and onto the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And um, so, there's been a, a lot of discussion recently about whether Marvel movies are cinema or not. This was all instigated by Martin Scorsese's comments, in which he claimed that Marvel movies are not cinema, they are more like theme park rides. You know, I kind of understand what he was saying, but, you know, people got really annoyed about it. And actually, um, to his credit, Kevin Feige has uh, come out and spoken about what was said and kind of given his opinion on the whole thing. So he was talking to the um, the Hollywood Reporter, I believe it was, and and um, it was in their uh, their podcast. And he basically said, "Let me just get the uh, the bit up, sorry." But he, yeah. So he was he was asked about it, and he's he's someone that's actually quite transparent, which is, yeah. You know, so it's, it's actually quite quite nice to have a president that's so transparent about these things but he said uh, many of the elements that define cinema as i know are, as i know it are in marvel pictures that <clears throat> what's not there is revelation mis- what's not there is revelation mystery or genuine emotion emotional danger nothing is its risk the pictures oh sorry i'm reading the wrong this is um this is actually what uh, martin scorsese said um, so this is what Kevin Feige was actually responding to. In, in uh, actually, this this is so basically Martin Scorsese kind of elaborated on his uh, on his thoughts in a piece in the New, in his opinion piece in the New York Times. So he says, many of the elements that define cinema as I know it are are there in Marvel pictures. What's not there is revelation, mystery, or genuine genuine emotional danger nothing is at risk. The pictures are made to satisfy a specific set of demands and they are designed as variations on a finite number of themes. So that's kind of quite damning to be honest. And, um, and it was something that uh, it really got people talking. It really got people angry and uh, it's just, it's a bit unfortunate. That's, You know, this has kind of turned into what it is now. Anyway, so um, Feige was on the Hollywood Reporter's Award Chatter podcast. And he said, I think that's not true. I think it's unfortunate. I think myself and everybody that works on these movies love cinemas, loves cinema, loves movies, loves going to the movies, loves to watch a communal experience in a movie theater full of people. I think it's fun for us to take our success and use it to take risks and go in different places. That's quite interesting. I mean, um, and then he said, everybody has a different opinion of cinema. Everybody has a different a, p- a different definition of art. Everybody has a, def- a different definition of risk. Some people don't think it's cinema. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. Everyone is entitled to repeat that opinion. Everyone is entitled to write op-eds about that opinion. And I look forward to what will happen next. But in the meantime, we're going to keep making movies. So, you know, sh- kind of shots fired, <laughs> I suppose you can say. It's... Um, It's kind of got a bit out of hand to be honest i think i think people should kind of move on you know it whether or not it's cinema is is an opinion but things are getting a bit um a bit too heated i think at least so moving on to the incredible hulk this was quite interesting so edward norton um who was talking about Uh, about the mcu and about his time playing the 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 incredible hulk and he actually revealed that he'd be open to returning to the mcu in the future so he was on uh, larry king now and he was asked uh, by larry king if he'd ever consider coming back to the marvel cinematic universe and he said yeah why not i had a lot of fun with it i never made a movie like that and then he um he also talked a bit about um about mark ruffalo who's actually a good friend of his and he was saying that Uh, Mark and I came up together in New York he's like one of the best and he's he's like one of the best and people always try to create fake arguments and stuff but it's like doing Hamlet the Hulk it's like Billy Bixby was great Eric Banner was great I hope I hope I was good Mark's great I think it's just one of those things that a lot of great actors are going to get to do it which you know it's actually that actually makes a lot of sense it's it's a role the fact that it was recast i mean a lot of a lot of stuff was written about edward norton and what actually happened on the set of the hulk and why he was why he was recast i think ultimately it just didn't really work out between them you know he's he's someone that is very particular and uh, apparently he wanted to rewrite stuff and you know marvel don't they marvel doesn't really want to have people like that around they they kind of want people that will do what they want they want you know they'll they want in a weird way, yes, men, I suppose that can still deliver a very good performance. Mark Ruffalo's turned out to be great, though. So we haven't we haven't really lost anything. But I really do like the idea of Edward Norton coming back as a kind of, you know, in, in some kind of uh, in a role that's not it's not a main role, something in the, in the background. It'd be a nice nod, I think, to to the fans. So. More Marvel news. Uh, Marvel Studios may show us what happened to Captain America in his alternate timeline. So again, uh, the a uh, warning. This is from We Got This Covered. So their sources have revealed, have told them them that um, we're going to actually find out what happened to Captain America when he went back in time in Avengers Endgame and got to live with uh, Peggy Carter. I mean, obviously, some stuff happened. Some stuff went down. He didn't just kind of. He's a hero. Yeah, I very much doubt he would have just gone back and had a normal life. At least I hope not. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like they might they might start exploring what actually happened in maybe a Captain America four, which would be quite interesting. Moving on, She Hulk, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel will turn up in the MCU again. This is from We Got This Covered, but this I uh, this has to be true because we know that they're developing a She Hulk, a Moon Knight, and a Miss Marvel TV show for disney plus and we know that they want to integrate the disney plus um, series and the mcu movies so it kind of it makes sense for these characters to appear in the mcu and also it makes sense for these characters to actually be the future of the mcu moving away from um well, not actually. It's still Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. But Deadpool's Zazie Beats, who's also in uh, in Joker, she revealed that she likes to play Storm in the MCU. So we all know that she uh, she plays Domino in Deadpool 2. Where, uh, but we also know that um, actors are allowed now to play characters in the Deadpool movies and also play characters in the MCU. I think they're going to probably sort this out by doing some kind of alternate universe type thing. Maybe something to do with the multiverse. But we also, we already have Josh Brolin playing Cable. He played Cable in the Deadpool in Deadpool 2. And he played Thanos in the Avengers movies, the recent Avengers movies. So she was talking to Screen Geek. And she said, uh, yeah, I think I'd be down, in quotation well, in brackets, to play Storm. I guess, obviously, it depends on the script. And it depends on if I think it's a good script. I think it'd be super fun to do that. Storm is essentially an iconic character. I mean, it would kind of be big shoes to fill, I think. I wouldn't want to confuse audiences too much and I'll be all over the place. (laughs) And now I'm doing DC as well. I think it would be super fun. I think it'd be a dope opportunity. So, I mean, of course, she's talking about her role in Joker. I mean, (laughs) whether or not... I'm pretty sure she could get away with playing a, a a Marvel character after being a Joker. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think the only problem that I see that I envisage is that um she plays domino and domino's actually I think going to be quite a big uh, a big player moving forward in the in the Deadpool universe but I actually think she'd be great as storm I think she'd be really good it was uh, recently played by Alexandra Shipp but we all know that the um the those uh, X-Men movies the Fox X-Men movies have been well put to bed basically yeah so I mean I, I do like the casting I do like the idea of Zazie Beetz playing this role playing Storm I think she'd be really good whether or not it'll be, whether or not it'll happen we have to wait and see but she's obviously put it out there and last bit of Marvel news is that Moon Knight will be involved in Marvel Studios Blade reboot so again Moon Knight we know is going to be in the uh, he's going to have his own Disney Plus TV show whether or not he'll 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 join uh, Blade. I don't know, but I really do like the idea of him and Blades kind of teaming up. I think that they, they'd make a good, they'd make a good team. They really would. He's um, so we all. I mean, we know we 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 were told that Mahershala Ali is going to be playing Blade in these new movies. We don't we don't have a, a release date for the uh, the Blade reboot yet. But I really do like the idea of these of these two teaming up. I think they'd make a, a really good uh, duo. <laughs> so. Let's, uh, let's move away from uh, comic book movies and onto just movies in general. So it was revealed that we all know, well, I don't know if we all know, but Disney now, after having acquired Fox, owns the rights to the Predator movies. Also the Alien movies. But um, Disney is looking to reboot the Predator franchise. So the last um, Predator film to come out was a total disaster. It's called The Predator. And it was a Shane Black movie. And I was super, super excited to see this film. Uh, I mean, I, it was one of my uh, most anticipated films of last year. And it was such a huge disappointment. Because it was just all over the place. That film was all over the place. And I really thought that would be it. I thought it would come back and people would really be into Predator again. It would kickstart the franchise. But no, Disney apparently is looking to reboot it again. And, uh, and, and hope you know, good luck to them. Because, to be honest, I know people aren't that keen on Disney, but I think they do just tend to make good films. And I think that's what we need with Predator. We just need a good film. Now, I do know a lot of people on uh, on the Facebook group, the Facebook page, Said that they should just let this die, but you know they have the fr- they have the franchise now. They might as well use it. Talking of franchises, it looks like Terminator Terminator Dark Fate' poor box office takings has completely and utterly killed the Terminator franchise. To be honest, I mean, I think just let this franchise die. the uh, The new film, which was directed by Tim Miller, it has done terribly at the box office it's, it's made a loss so at the moment it's looking at a loss of 120 million dollars uh, which is bad that's really bad it did poorly really poorly in its opening weekend and it just looks like it looks like this well this one's dead and it's, it's a shame because I'm a massive Terminator fan I still think T2 is one of the greatest action movies ever made and, you know, everyone was really excited about this one because James Cameron was involved again. But again, it was reported that Cameron and Miller really didn't get on on set. That's never a good sign. So, yeah, I mean, it's a shame because I love Terminator and I'd love to see another good Terminator film. And actually, Terminator Dark Fate isn't a bad film, really. It was poorly marketed and it was released in the wrong at the wrong time. That's it. And... um unfortunately it just means that that is i don't think they're going to do another one again another um thing that i don't think they're going to do another one of is dr sleep uh stephen king though has reacted to dr sleep's poor box office taking so again this is another film that's come out this year that's done really badly and um a lot of people kind of wondering why this has happened i think I've heard people say that it's because it was called Dr. Sleep and not The Shining 2. Maybe. Again, I think it's probably a problem with marketing. But it only managed to to bring in $34 million worldwide at the box office in its opening weekend. And um, uh, so it's just not good. It's not good. But Stephen King has come out in defense of it. He, he really likes the movie, and I think he's a big fan of Flanagan's, as I am, actually. I think Flanagan's great. But anyway, this is what King had to say on... He said this on Twitter. He said, I mostly write books and hope for the best. Box office numbers aside, Mike Flanagan's film is excellent. If people chose not to go, that's their choice. But when something is good, I cheer for it. You know there's been a lot of Stephen King adaptations recently. I love Stephen King, but I think we're getting kind of at oversaturation points with King adaptations. This year we had um, it chapter two, we had Dr. Sleep. You know, we still got the, um, a lot of the series that, that, that are based on King properties. You know, it's, it's something that it's a shame. I think maybe just keep it to one a year or even one every two years, but no, at the minute they're really going for it after it, The first It film did really well. And then Gerald's Game was really well received on Netflix, which was actually directed by Mike Flanagan and is really good. But no, Doctor Sleep didn't do so well. So let's move away from uh, movies and move on to TV. So Rick and Morty, season four is coming out. It's actually already out in the US and its UK release date has been brought forward. So it's actually, uh, it's going to air next week on Channel 4 on the 20th of November. Which is brilliant because it was originally going to come out, I think, in February on Channel 4. Which is just, again, it's just another one of these instances of us in the UK not getting things when we're, we really should be getting them. I don't know why there's a delay. But this is a result of fan pressure. So, I mean, a lot has been been written about the Rick and Morty fan base. But this is a, a good a good story where actually their, fa- their fan pressure has actually <laughs> brought something forward is great that's that's really good news and then uh, we've also got some uh, some lucifer uh, news so uh, lucifer season five uh, the episode six and seven's titles have been revealed and actually it doesn't it doesn't really bode well for um lucifer and chloe's relationship it looks like something might happen so episode six is called blue balls <laughs> and episode seven is called our mojo so when i first saw our mojo i thought actually maybe we get to see lucifer and chloe come back and do what they do best, which is solve murders together. But these two titles together make me think that actually it's going to go the opposite way. And uh, we already, I mean, if you're watching Lucifer, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but, you know, Lucifer's not in the best place at the moment. And this is the last season, so hopefully it'll all end well for them. Uh, they're also, the last season's been split into two, so it's actually um, got eight, eight episodes first and then another eight episodes coming out later. But, um, you know, what's going to happen? One thing we do know is going to happen is Amenadiel is going to go to hell. And we all know, I mean, Amenadiel was put in charge of hell when Lucifer came to Earth. And he doesn't like it down there. And there's been a a new image teased from Entertainment Weekly of Amenadiel having to take a trip to hell, which isn't the best place. You don't want to go. (laughs) You don't really want to go to hell. But... On a lighter note, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has been renewed for season eight. This is wonderful because Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you you remember, was was actually cancelled by Fox and then picked up by NBC literally a couple of hours later. And it's been renewed for, it's got now three seasons now since its uh, cancellation, which means that people really want to watch this show. It's got a big following and, uh, you know, let's get to ten. Let's get to ten seasons. Witcher season two has already been announced by Netflix. This is crazy. So yeah, so the first season hasn't come out yet, and they're already announcing that season two is in, in production. So we also uh, know that they're actually planning seven seasons of The Witcher, which is, um, I think, a bit mad. But they seem very keen, and they seem very uh, very sure of themselves when it comes to The Witcher. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. It's coming out on November on sorry December twentieth. And it's got Henry Cavill as, as Geralt of Rivia. I think it's going to be really, really good. Friends. So, yes, there is a Friends reunion TV special in the works at HBO Max. And people are ecstatic about this. But there's a problem. Because I think this reunion isn't going to be what people think it is. I think this reunion, it says that it's unscripted which to me makes it feel like they're just gonna get all the actors of Friends back and talk about Friends. And I think people are gonna be hugely, hugely disappointed because I actually think this is what it is. I know, um, and it's a shame because yeah, I'm a big fan of the series, I I have been, I I grew up with it and you know, yeah, people want it back. I really don't think we need it back. And I think also we don't really need this. We don't really need the actors to come back and have a nice chat about the good old days. Um, if they were going to do it properly, I think they should just do like a special, like an actual special, like almost like movie length, almost feature length, and just see where they are now and then then just be done with it. And people wouldn't, wouldn't be demanding for them to also come back again. Because you know what? A lot of them, some of them have aged and some of them haven't aged very well and it's not always something that you want to see and uh, it's also, if you rewatch the series now, it's really dated quite poorly. So whether or not they can recapture that, I'm not so sure if they can. So moving on to the Umbrella Academy, and that and the Umbrella Academy season two's showrunner has revealed that he's actually planning for four seasons in total. So this is about right for a Netflix show. Um, the Umbrella Academy season one was hugely popular. I mean, I remember. I remember going around uh, Europe and uh, there are posters for the Umbrella Academy everywhere and people love it. Not just here in the UK, not just in America, but all over the world. It's really captured the imagination of Netflix audiences. People just love this show. And uh, yeah, the showrunner has uh, has said that he, he wants to do four in total, which is it's a good number. It's a good round number. And it's um, it tends to be the, the time when uh, Netflix likes to cancel shows. After four seasons, that's about as, as long as you can really hope for with Netflix. So, moving away from the news and onto features. So, um, I know if you've been listening to this and if you're in the UK, you'll know that um, Disney Plus isn't here yet, which is really annoying. It's coming out on the thirty-first of March. I've spoken at length about why that is. It's got it's all tied to contracts with Sky, basically. But is there a way you can watch Disney Plus here in the UK? There actually is. But it's actually quite difficult. It's in order to be able to watch it here, you either need friends, very good friends in the US (laughs) that have a US address and will pay for it for you. And then you use a VPN and you can access it that way. Or you actually have a physical address in the US or the Netherlands and then use that to open up a PayPal account, which is based in those countries. then that way you can pay for it, pay for Netflix, pay for, sorry, Disney Plus, use a VPN uh, you know, configure it so that you're you're watching it from a US um, IP address or or um, a Netherlands IP address, and then you're good. You can watch it that way. It is really really complicated, and it does require you having actually quite good friends and and addresses and places. But it is possible. That's the thing. It is possible. People can do it if you really want to, and if you really you know if you're desperate to do it and not download things like the Mandalorian illegally. Now, uh, that that is the uh, unfortunately the only feature I did this week because uh, there was so much news. But I'll go on to reviews. So this week in the UK and in the US, actually, a film called Le Mans uh, '66 came out, and it's in America it's known as Ford versus Ferrari. And I did a review of it on the on on the website, and I have to say I love this film. I think I say this a lot now, but oh my God, what a film! I'm not. I am a car enthusiast but I'm not someone that's really into motor racing but what I am into is really good drama and that's what Le Mans is it's a really good piece of drama with some high octane thrills and it's something that it reminded me of watching Rush back a couple of years back it's Ron, probably one of Ron Howard's best films actually that one but it's it's that it's the same kind of thing it's it's very much about so It's billed as Ford versus Ferrari, but it's actually very much Ford versus Ford because Christian Bale's character, he plays Ken Miles. He's a a struggling mechanic, but he's also an incredible driver. He was an incredible driver. And uh, uh, the Ford, he's brought on by Shelby, who's trying to build a car to win Le Mans because Ford wants to win Le Mans because they tried to buy Ferrari. And Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari, basically... (laughs) (laughs) Told them, you know, he didn't react very well to the uh, to the offer and ended up calling uh, the head of Ford, Fat, uh, and Ford took this very personally and decided to uh, try and beat Ferrari at their own game, which is winning Le Mans. So that's what the film's about. But it's it's just it's got something that a lot of I mean it is it is a drama, it is a biopic, but it's it's more than that. It's a lot of it's about the interaction between uh, Bale's character Miles and Matt Damon, Shelby and the, their their reactions in the film the the way that they are together is just it's really compelling. the uh, The race scenes themselves are also incredibly compelling, but it's 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 more than just that. And I think if you're not even if you're not into motor racing, that there is something in this film for you. And there is um there there's just a lot of hearts to this film. It's directed by James Mangold, and I've actually liked almost everything James Mangold's ever done. And th- this again is just another instance of just fantastic direction, fantastic acting, and actually a really good story. It's, it's a really, really good story. It's about, and it's, it's more than just about racing, it's about friendship, it's about relationships, it's, a, it's about actually the way a lot of American companies are run, <laughs> oddly enough. And uh, it has actually quite a lot to say. And, uh, and I was really, really impressed by it. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Another review: The Mandalorian, Episode One. So this this is interesting because uh, this is a show I've been waiting for for a very very long time. It's the first Star Wars live action show. It's uh, it stars Pedro Pascal as uh, the Mandalorian, who throughout this whole episode doesn't remove his helmet, so you don't actually get to see his face, which is unfortunate because Pedro Pascal has he's a very good actor, but yeah, he has a nice face as well. But this this thing is that it's it's playing on a lot of Star Wars tropes, but kind of it's it's like a mixture of everything. It's a lot of fan service. It's um it's kind of dark, gritty kind of Star Wars, but not you know it's still family friendly, and uh, it's, it's there's something in there for everybody. And if honestly, if you're a Star Wars fan, I think. I think most Star Wars fans will love this because it it again it is fan fanservice-y. It is something that people have wanted to see because they love like Boba Fett from the original uh, saga, and but it actually that there is there is a bit more to that. There is a bit more to it than that. It's directed by Dave Filoni, and this is actually his first time directing live action, and it's really well directed. I mean, you can tell that there's a lot of money's been spent on this thing. Um. The story itself, it's it's interesting, it's intriguing. It you know the end once I'm kind of thinking, God, I want to know, I want to know more. I'm not going to go into spoilers, never do. But I will say that if you are a Star Wars fan, if you are somebody that wants to know more about the Mandalorians, that it's a really interesting race within the Star Wars universe, I think this is going to be a really interesting series, and I think this is going to be. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I think that the, I think Watchmen is is slightly above it this year as as TV as TV goes, but I think it is one of the, it is going to be one of the best shows this year, and uh, and if you haven't watched it yet, if you're in the UK like I am, I would really recommend you try and find a way to watch it because it is good and you don't want to be left behind. You really don't want to be left behind on this one. So, that's that's it. There was a lot a lot to get through this week and again as usual i just i really just scratched the surface of all the news that came out this week but please go and check out small screen which is at uh, www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news features and reviews you can find us over on facebook twitter and instagram at small screen gb but again thank you so much for listening It's uh, it's a real pleasure doing this every week and uh, I'll see you back here same time next week. Thank you very much and goodbye.